When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Two worlds collide. Good morning and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your certified qualified West Side host, Steve. Lucky Luciano. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into the greatest show on earth. It's Hard Luck Show coming at you from the Pico Youth Center in the beautiful city of Santa Monica, California. Sitting across from me is my co-host, Choo Mahan Bowen, American Indian, Southern Californian, elegant barbarian, here to bring another show once again. You hear that there? And... On sound. Sean Lewis, certified audio professional engineer for the Hard Luck Show. Oh, Oh. blue eyes. Right. He did that. He beat me to the punch. Right. Mm -hmm. Hey, Sean. Yeah. Your wife's got a dagger. Right. She's going to stab you in the neck. Right. (laughs) All right. Stop fucking around. We got got Big Pick Mike in the house. Hey, what's happening, everybody? What's going down? Big Pick Mike. What's happening at the Hard Luck Show? Much love to y'all, man. Thank you. Much Thank love you. to all much, of us. Much, much love. love. Thank you, much man. Much love. Papa. Hey, man. All right, fuckers. Love. Papa Bear. <laughs> much love. I'm your cub. It okay. is time all right. All right, for an exclusive hard luck book review. Now, wow. You know we get these what? in. <laughs> Trying to get these in once a month. Uh. Trying to get these in once a month here. And, uh, you know... Um, you know, if you don't already know, Chumahan is an avid, avid reader. I admire people that read a lot. I think there's nothing but knowledge in books. And um, I admire, you know, Chumahan's always read a lot. And uh, I have, a, I have a, a number of really, really close, close friends and people in my life that I admire. And one thing they have in common is they read. They read a lot. Chumahan's one of those guys. And he's, re- he's brought on a couple books that he's reviewed. Yeah. Um, and I thought, you know what? I have a book that's that I that I reference all the time. It's my Bible in a sense. It's a book I read every day. I've had this book on my nightstand for the last twenty years, and uh, I go through stages with it where I'm reading it. And the exercise of the book in particular that I'm talking about is you read it from beginning to end, and you start over again, and you constantly read, read, read this book. Um, so I thought I'd, you know, Chumon's like, oh, conversations with God, conversations, always, because I'm always quoting it. So I thought, you know what? <laughs> is that, is that your, yeah, like, that's what you, oh, conversations, conversations with, with God. God. Oh, I know, I know, uh, conversations. Uh, uh, he won't even say conversations. He'll go, oh, I know, conversations. Uh, it's like conversations you. time. Yeah, yeah <laughs> conversations. <laughs> kind of clowning. And, uh, it's my favorite book, man. Chumahan. It's my, it's, it, you know, and. 
The book, as we already know, the title is Conversations with God. It's book one. It's Conversations with God and Uncommon Dialogue. Book one. The the, um, author's name is Neil Walsh. To be exact, it's Neil Donald Walsh. Right. Um, No relation to Joe Walsh, right? Um, Rocky Mountain Way. This book, um, I believe that this book was published in 1994. Um, And, yeah, it was published in 1994. The basis, you guys, of this book to kind of, you know, uh, keep it real simple and easy was... So a normal guy that, uh, you know, was a regular guy, was, you know, constantly asking himself and uh, on a search for the meaning of life and different things. And he led a pretty normal life, um, was married, had kids, struggled through work, providing his family multiple jobs and and struggled. And, and just like a, a person that a, a lot of us, I think, can relate to. Um and this gentleman, through his struggles and through his frustrations and his ups and downs through life, he got to a place where he one evening kind of called out to God, like, I'm getting frustrated with this life. I can't seem to get it right. My marriage, uh, my health, my career, ups and downs and wins and losses and frustrated. And he kind of called out um, to God. And I guess this was in about 91 that he had this experience and um some some, he called out and he heard some answers come to him as he called out to god this is what he claims in this book and he grabbed a line notepad and he started in he says he wasn't writing he was just taking dictation notes and uh, as he started asking questions, the answers started to be given to him. And he started writing down the dialogue. And he kind of quickly came to understand, his understanding was that he was in a conversation with God. That God was speaking not only to him, but through him. And he started asking questions and answers started coming to him. The answers and the things that he was writing down, and when you read the book, are not answers that guys like us would come up with. And he was writing this stuff very matter-of-factly. And he knew kind of right then that he had never had these thoughts before. He didn't have these types of solutions and answers. He didn't speak in these terms or write in these terms. But that was what was flowing out. And he knew that whatever messages or whatever he was receiving were not coming from him or his imagination because he wasn't even thinking in terms. He had no way to answer these questions with these types of answers. And um, he did this for, this carried on for almost three years of this him taking down this dialogue. I guess would you call that taking down dictation? Mm -hmm. No. I mean... In reading about, no, I wouldn't. I mean, because I, I would say that it's more like um, he he was he got a vision, 
Mm-hmm. And maybe he translated it or transcribed it into sort of modern style language or application. Somebody's phone's going yeah, bonkers. I got it, I got it. So I, dictation is like precisely your boss is standing there and telling the secretary and the secretary's writing down exact words. I don't know that Walsh is, is, is himself saying I did that. He's saying. Oh, no, he is saying that. Well, he, 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 was it more like he's, he was channeled through and the words came through him, like channeling through him? Nah, he Kind of he, like that? Accor- according, to, according to the articles, he himself is saying, I'm not necessarily channeling. Okay. I'm not necessarily dictating. Because if you, it, the book, Conversations with God, it's first, like, you know, a couple of pages are devoted to the inherent limited nature of words. Mm-hmm. Right. He start- absolutely right. So I don't know that he would say I'm taking exact dictation in words from God, but he what he would say I think is that <clears throat> they were inspired by God. Okay. Right. He heard God mm-hmm. or whatever, and then he put it into the books as he heard it in a way that people could relate to it in today's times and modern. Yeah, I've got a different, yeah, from what I've read in this book, he almost refers to it as almost a dictation. He was asking questions, and this voice was was answering these questions one for one. God even told him, all right, let's start with the questions. Start asking me the questions, and I'm going to answer you. So it's kind of, per, per, it's and it's kind of handed to you this way. Mm. Um, but... Regardless of how you want to say it, this gentleman right. is claiming to have a conversation with God. Well, that's what it's called. And, yeah, I mean, and uh, and he's asking questions, and he has a lot of questions that he's wanted to ask. And a lot of these questions are questions that probably a lot of us would ask God if we had that opportunity. I mean, he's goes through everything from sex, religion, relationships, career, finance. He's asking everything. Why are we here? What's the, like, straight up. And he's getting answers that he claims he could never come up with. And as I begin to read the book and listening to who he claims God is, that's talking to him, these answers are not even something that we would come up with. Like a, a lot of them, a, some maybe, but there's a lot that it's like, we don't even think in these terms. Like, I, I don't know where somebody would even gather something like this to begin to answer a question like that. Mm-hmm. And now I've got to tell you guys that I pick up a book and when I start reading it and I start hearing this stuff, I've always since i can remember as a little kid had a certain set of beliefs on what i was doing here and how the world worked and what god was that i kept to myself because i thought i was the only one who thought and believed some of this stuff as i begin to read this book and this book got handed to me in 2000 who handed 22 years ronnie price his mom gave it to him. That's why me and, and Ronnie have a special bond. I mean, he gave me this book. And early on in the book, it says, "You, how did you come upon this book? It's not by mistake. I'm talking to you right now. Right. This book came to you not by accident. And the only people that are going to hear it are the people that I'm talking to. 
what you're reading right now, I'm talking to you. And all of a sudden, this book started talking to me. Well, it starts laying out a set of beliefs that I had had inside my whole life. And now there's a published book stating these things. And right away, it began to resonate. I got chills the first couple times I read through the stuff. And it felt like this author or whoever it is was talking to me. Like I was the only one reading this book at the time. Yeah. That's what it felt like. Right. <clears throat> Everything started resonating with me and making sense. And um, like I said, you know, it's and it's not about religion. It's it's definitely about uh, uh, self exploration and some type of spirituality. And and you know, some of the. <clears throat> Some of the, um, I don't want to call them, I mean, accusations and some of the things that are being said in this book would probably be looked at or viewed out by many people as straight blasphemy. Wait a second, wait a second. So the the statements or whatever he's saying or God's told him, what would be an example, let's say, because I think... Wow, you covered a, you covered a lot of ground right now. So so a couple of things come to my mind when I'm listening to you talk. One thing that I want to know is <coughs> why <coughs> what about this book spoke to you in such a way that you got chills and that you're still right? How long ago you said 2000? So 22 years later I only get more and more enthralled and deeper into this book. So I was reading this book in part with that in my mind to think about how is Big Lux being like reached by this book? What is it about this that is reaching him when so many other things don't? Because I've never bought into most of all of this stuff that's being sold and given to me and, and handed to the world. Okay. In forms of belief, God, religion. Why? Concept. It's never sat right with me. It doesn't feel right. Can you, at, 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 can, are you able to sort of posit a moment, and it doesn't have to be all of them, but just where you were like, yeah, they said this, and as soon as they said it to me, even though they were the authority and I was just, you know what, I already knew that that couldn't be right. Absolutely. What is it? That God is all loving and all love and all kind, but then when somebody tell you that you're going to fucking go to hell and you're going to be punished, yeah, it, ne- it didn't make sense to me. Like, didn't- how could the both be the same? Right. So this, these are starting points. Sure. Right? These sure. are... Um, I don't think that that's an oversimplified issue for anybody to look at. I, I, what you point out is everyone was like, yeah, that's obvious. The truth is, though, I don't think there's ever been an adequate answer to that. If you're claiming that God is all of this, but then if you do the quote-unquote wrong thing, then it's eternal damnation... I honestly think already there's a problem in that most organized religions deal with the problem through basically just doctrine and shit and just enforcing mm-hmm. you to accept that. And killing people on the sake of religion. Yeah. Seemed backwards. Right. That something to do with sex was bad. Right. That our bodies or the exposure that are natural was 
to be covered up and there was something bad about it. Like right. these were things that are that were 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 either taught or, or, or shown or in in life, at least in the West. And a lot of these things off the bat never ever resonated with me. I always thought that doesn't seem right. That just doesn't seem right. That doesn't make sense. Um, right. It's and too many kind of hypocritical things, man. That just don't add up. Um, right. I I I think that makes total sense. I think for the child who you know, I think this may be the source of a lot of conflict, inter- internal conflict for people. Is that I think as a kid, you're not, you don't have too many filters yet. You know, you're just looking at a lot of stuff as it's appearing to you in real time, mm-hmm. like seven to 10 to 12. You've got some information from your family, and already by seven or 12, you're already starting to see, well, wait a second, dad said this, but he's doing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, give me absolutely. A, give me a fucking break, right? Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Oh, but you're just bigger than me, so I can't do shit about right. it, right? And then you're also going into, um, if if you certain families will have you brought into these religions, these organized religions, let's say, and they're starting to lay out these rules that also seem like bullshit, and you're being told like almost without a true back and forth discussion mm-hmm. you have to accept this as fact absolutely we're not going to talk real <clears throat> right we're going to talk what you have to accept you it doesn't matter how you feel about it doesn't matter bring it up if you in fact we don't want to hear from you you're going to tell us a bunch of bullshit and you're a kid you don't know jack shit you're going to accept this thing as fact yeah yeah and i'll tell you what <clears throat> For me personally, probably my entire identity is formed out of that conflict as Mm. a kid Mm. on so many fronts. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's second nature, but so many fronts is like, you're telling me this? I know you you even maybe want to believe it, right? You might... But I, I can see clearly that there's inconsistencies with what you're saying. There's no way that that all adds up. And you can sound as sure as you want. You can get mad at me. You can call me names. Whatever you want to do. It's not going to change the fact that what you're saying does not jive with what we're all commonly experiencing right now. A, a lot of that. And and this book is broad, man. Like, I'll give you other instances. There's points where he states, like, clearly, the shit you're going through, you play a part in it. You contributed to what you're going through. And the kind of when he says stuff like that, and I had to pause and start looking at my life. Yeah. It was true, man, that every aspect, I played a part in it. Right. Um, he talks about, look, it, I, I, I started putting this book into practice and I was working for, famous stars and straps okay and he was like you know uh there's part in there that talks about like you could have all the positive ideas and pray for and think positively about something and think that you're going to manifest it but you can't like 
you have to if you say thank you in advance, but you're saying thank you because you know that that's what's coming. Right. He's, okay? That's the section he's not, talking about prayer. Right. Not that you are going to try and fool God and you're going to say thank you for something that's not there in hopes that you're going to make it appear there. If you really know it, right. then you're thanking it. Well, I started, I, I started knowing things and being thankful for what was coming because I believed I knew it was coming. So I could only be thankful for it. And what started to happen is those things started to happen in my life. But there was a knowing. Um, it's kind of like um, they talk about, you know, what, what affirmations. Right. Affirmations, you can do all the affirmations you want. Yeah. If those, if you don't believe those affirmations are true, mm. they're, they're nothing but just wishes that you're saying over and over. And they have this whole thing about, oh, yeah, write these affirmations. Affirmations don't work. Unless you really believe them. And in order for you to believe them, you really have to be doing them. Right. Like, there's a quote in, in, in the book that says, you could know yourself as a generous person, but until you start doing generous shit, it's only a concept in your head. Right. But, <clears throat> so at this point, right, I'm thinking about the history of Big Lux, and I'm looking mm -hmm. at it, and I say, okay... Famous Stars and Stripes, that's when things started to really blow up. <clears throat> and I'm thinking to myself, <clears throat> you know, oh, Big Lux oh. is, is accepted. He's saying, I know this is going to happen. And it's not coming from a, hold on, let me ask the question. Fraudulent place at all. And it did happen. A lot of positive stuff. But I'm also saying this is also the same time when you destroyed a lot of stuff. And so I want to know. Yeah, this is prior to that, though. Right, but this what I'm is, asking um, is, mm -hmm. th listen, I'm yeah. your student right now, okay. Okay? okay? You're the teacher. Go ahead. All right. So I hear what you're saying, and you do have a lot of good shit happening to you, but then there comes this point where you tear it down. So in my mind, as your teacher, conversations with God, I'm wondering, mm -hmm. where's the breakdown? Okay. We're not even there yet. So we're going to get to that point, but yeah. we're way ahead of that. First off, to... To before we get to the part of like the knowing and the famous stars and stuff, yeah. how I got there was in this book he breaks down real manifestation that all we're really here to do is create that we're creating right now. Yeah, each one of us is creating something right now. Yeah, good vibes. You're creating this. You're creating that. You're creating. That's what we are. Our little machines that create. Create. In creating and turning things into physical mass and energy and creating something physical to really be in this physical yeah. there's three things. There's the thought, then there's the word, and then there's the action. Right. So you get the idea, vision, then you begin to speak or write on it, and then you take the action behind it. And there's no other way to move energy and turn it into... Uh, physical mass. Physical mass without this. Everything that you're looking at around you right now, everything that you're looking at, somebody thought of it before it existed. Right. Then they took the actions and you produce it. That's how you produce everything. Everything we have on this physical planet right now in this dimension is all come from thought. So thought is energy. Yeah. And you can move energy in different ways, create mass. So in that, I started applying that. I started applying what 
what visions were coming to me with, and I'm going to say, and we're just going to strictly go with career. Go ahead. What was coming to me? Oh, this brand is going to be, I just believe this brand was going to be bigger than anything. Mm. All right, what do I need to start doing? I need to start taking the steps to do that. And I started writing down and, 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 and then it was taking the action. That was making the phone calls, traveling to places, knocking on doors. And, and nowhere in it did I stop. I just kept on doing was, and it started to come to life. And, it, and we ended up building one of the biggest brands ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it changed me. Now, I'm using my career in the business because it was something that I could see and touch that worked right and it changed my life right yep i also started thinking in those terms of like my community and that started to happen in my community and mentorships and intervention work and and then you know relationships i started kind of attracting some different things that i wanted like so it started to work through my life this manifestation and how it works and i learned that from the book in that um, and I and I will say that it talks about addiction and it talks about habits and, and things that no longer reflect who we are. I read over that stuff, man, and at that point in time I didn't really it didn't really resonate with me what they were talking about. I was kind of enthralled in AA. Right. And I thought that my addiction was being treated somewhere else. And that when it really talked about some of that stuff, I really like just kinda didn't really absorb it or stay on it. I was like, ah, yeah, but I don't really have that type problem. I mm-hmm. got that problem solved. Well, as my life got big, I didn't only move away from this book and meditation or just reading this book. I moved away from AA. I moved mm-hmm. away from everything. My life got so big that I got consumed with life, with Hold that on. life. So right there, this is what I, I'm really curious to understand. So... <clears throat> So when you say your life got so big that you moved away, what do you mean by your life got so big? What does that mean? It means that, you know, the career, the money, the, um, the prestige, um, the relationships, the, everything that started to really come to life in my life, I got consumed with all of that. But but so was were those things part of your gratitude that that you knew it was going to happen up until I got cocky and and kind of lost that gratitude. My gifts turned into all the accolades and the gifts and all the things that I mean started to turn into weights. So. Weights meaning like now, now so you, you they got you, heavy, they became headaches, they became problematic. Uh, I lost the gratitude in that stuff. They've started to become overwhelming. So in the so the things that you manifested from a place of gratitude and putting in the word, the thought, and the action, eventually now they turn, you lose the gratitude, and now they're problems. They've become now they're all there and now I'm I'm completely focused on them and I've lost any sense of where they came from or how they got there. So my question I guess now then called the getting lost in the sauce. Right. 
now that we've clarified that. So then how does that, how do you see that as actually, how does that work in the sense that when you say I got cocky, right? So then I think like, so does that mean that you thought that you were entirely responsible for making that? I think parts of it, I I start to believe that. Um, I think my ego started to get out of control with the way I was being treated or the clout I thought I, I thought I had arrived. I'd, you know, I'm somebody that didn't, that came from very little. I had nothing. So some of the, the money and influence and stuff that was happening. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't prepared really to deal with it. I wasn't really matured enough in many ways to, uh-huh. to understand. And it happened kind of quick. Yes. I worked hard. Right. But, you know, I'm making fucking four or five hundred thousand dollars in a matter of a couple of years. And I just didn't. It was in a way it felt like scratching a lottery ticket because hmm. once it started coming in, it started coming in. Right. And I couldn't spend it fast enough. It was it was more than I ever thought I was ever going to make. You know, I just wanted to make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Right. Um, I just. I wasn't matured. I was not matured. Uh yeah, and, and, you know, I don't know how many other things go into it. Let me say this, though. This is one area of my life. This is not to say that, and the reason that this book still is with me and why I'm stuck to it is because regardless of what was going on with me and what I was doing, I was clear that I was doing this to myself. Like, there were still all the truths that still hold held true regardless of what I was doing in my addiction. I knew damn well I was doing this to me. I also didn't believe in hell. I didn't believe I was going in hell. I don't believe in this thing. So there are all these truths that I got from the book. Yeah, I'm fucking up and I'm getting loaded and I'm making these decisions. But it's not to say that I lost faith in the book. I'm not saying that. I I think the book is a useful lens to look at what what's happening because of my reading of the book is he says that you know god or whatever you want to call it is within all of us he says a lot more than that okay it's one of the things he said yes okay and he's sending you messages all the time all the time the question is are you listening are you listening so i've got that right right absolutely Teach, I got that right? Listen. So he said, one way or another, you will hear my message. Absolutely. Okay, so how do you relate that to being at the high point, losing your focus or whatever you want to call it, and then going forward and didn't <clears throat> lose in the book? I'll tell you right now. In the book, it early on says, I, you've been knowing Right. You've been knowing what's up. You already have all the answers. Right. And it's usually your first intuitive thought, that's me, that's you, that you knew it. Right. Now, I start thinking about that, I'm like, fuck. Every time I got busted, every time something in me was like, I know I should... Every time I got arrested, I was I knew inside of maybe I shouldn't do this tonight. I mean, 
when when he said that perbatim, yeah, every fucking thing, every red flag that came up in a relationship, yeah. and I knew in my gut that ain't right, that I wanted to look past. Right. Came back, right. So when he says that, that's all true, real to me. So when we talk about the addiction, yeah, the day that I decide to relapse, it's just under five years. I'm going through the motions. I'm trying to be on autopilot so I don't really have to think about what I'm doing. Does that make any sense? It makes total sense. Okay. I remember I took a big old double shot of of scotch Ah. at a bar, you know, and I called the the, the dealer. But I'm still on auto mode with the alcohol. Haven't yet. When he brings over the dope, I didn't have a syringe or anything. I was just going to do a line. I fucking poured the, I pulled a fucking picture off thing, put it on to, I crush up with this giant line of math, dude. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I roll up a, a $100 bill and I look at this big line and right before I did it, I go, this is gonna end bad. This is the beginning of the end. I thought that in my head, like once I do this, it's over. This ain't going to be good. Uh, but so much of my head was like, I'm just going to do this for uh, uh, the night. And then I'm going to get right back on sober stepper. And that was the be- that was the beginning of the next 13 years of destroying my life, dude. Uh, it, it just went. So there were, it's still, the book was still ringing true. Then God's <laughs> like, I'm not here to, it's your job to create. Right. I'm here to support whatever it is you want to create. Right. It's not right and wrong. It's whatever you want to create. So if I want to go out there and be a killer, you know, now beware, there's different, there's an action for every reaction. That's the natural laws of fucking, right? That's how the physical world World works. works. But I'm gonna whatever you want to do. I'm gonna help you make it happen. You want to go kill people? We'll get you a gun. You get what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and so I wanted to get loaded, and right. I wanted to do drugs, and that's what I was doing. And 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 so it was still in a weird way. All this was still true. It was what I was choosing to do. You know, it was what I was choosing to do, and I knew. On all, like, even when I was supposed to stay sober and I, I was like, oh, I want to get loaded. I want to get loaded. I'm going to be able to hide this. No, man, I know I'm not. I know I shouldn't. This is going to lose the job. Everybody finds out. And it was constant. So, um, wait, wait. So, so, <laughs> like, these answers are inside of me, man. Like, I know inside. The answers. I know if I should be with this girl. I know if I should be doing this podcast. I know if Mike's good or not. I I know these, dude. And I I have all it, it, the world's telling me all this shit. It's whether I want to pay attention or not. And I've always known, dude. I sometimes don't want it to be that way. Why? I want to make it a different way. Why? Because I I feel like I can outfinagle it and I can make it happen and make it work. Like I knew I shouldn't have been with a certain chick. She was way too young. There were red flags. There was no way. I saw them. There was red flags with this person, that person. Like, what the fuck, man? I ignored them. And I knew exactly what it was when I saw it. That is that. 
Right. That's nothing else but that. There's no fixing that. I can't change that. That's only going to grow. Right. And I knew it. And it did. And so if we go by that, then we're looking at, so you manifested one thing, but it hit a point where you wanted to manifest something else. Yeah. So if we look at that trajectory just in that one, is it the case that the things that were supposedly good, now they became a burden that ultimately, ultimately, ultimately you wanted to manifest getting rid of it all so that you wouldn't have those responsibilities anymore or, t- or whatever you, you th- call them weights weighing you down. Like, like if I would have asked Big Lux face to face and said, hey, are you trying to just get rid of all this good shit now? You'd probably said, no, oh, are you crazy? What do you think of that? But at a deeper level, do you think that you were manifesting losing it all? No, I think that I was believing that I could play this game where I could really have this life and do this other shit and I was special and I could work all this. So I think that's what got me there. But after it started getting a hold of me, I think somewhere I kind of almost bought into the idea, this fucked up idea that I like working out of the corner. I think... Does that like being the underdog? Like somewhere in there, I either believe that or did because I kept on doing that. I kept on building it up and throwing it away. Building to almost where a point where it's like, all right, all I know how to do is come up. I have to constantly be on the come up because once I'm up, I don't know what that's that's like. That really doesn't. It's like I got to be in the hunt. The right, hunt, the hunt. I don't know. I don't know that for sure. No, no, no. That that <clears> makes <throat> sense. But and and I think it. So I'm just sitting there thinking about it as I and I was as I was reading this book. I was thinking about you a lot, and I was thinking about. So I also want to say that my life was a constant teeter totter and shit coming out and having come and I didn't really know calm and things being good and things being right and they're not being drama well and i subscribe to a lot of that like some people they haven't been conditioned so when i get to a place where everything was calm and good i really didn't know what to do there so freud and psychoanalysts after him at first they thought that the engine driving the human and and i don't think any of this contradicts what is said in conversations with god at all it's maybe even just different language for the same shit sure but At first, they think it's the pleasure principle. That's what they call it. So what's driving all human thing is pleasure, right? I want to fuck. I want to eat. I want to do all this stuff. And that seems natural enough. Problem is, the more that they studied what humans actually do, they find that the vast majority of them are constantly setting up events to recreate a misery. The opposite of the pleasure principle because if they really did want to just have like great sex and have great meals and be comfortable they wouldn't engage in all this behavior that they've been shown through 
experience is going to lead to misery. I mean, he talks about that too. That you're this, we're addicted to the drama. We're addicted to the fight, the struggle, the pain, the so not to, knowing. So, well, to the extent that they were able to formulate how that could escape the conscious mind, your like I said, if we were to ask somebody and be like, "Are you trying to fuck yourself up?" They'd be like, right. "What are you crazy?" But somewhere they are. So, how is this function? That someone's thinking could miss this, where you're you're so in it, you don't see your participatory role. And they're saying that it's habit, like you're saying, where you were raised or grew up, and it became a normalized situation to have some periods of calm broken with high drama and fluctuations and all this other shit, so that it's not that you actually like that, but you're comfortable there. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense for you? Yeah, it does. I don't put it all on that, but I think there's aspects of that that are true. Um, and that could definitely apply to me. And in uh, some but but what's interesting though is when we talk about what you're saying, so like I've never known calm or I wasn't I, my baseline wasn't set up like that. So when I would get to these points, I would start to um you know, want to get back to fighting out of the corner. But what's weird is it's it's really it's really based on your point of view because you're calm, like right, like the three hundred four hundred thousand a year might be somebody else's corner. Mm-hmm. So when you think you're at this point where it's too calm, and then your habit or whatever you want to call it wants to fuck everything back up and start over again, lose it all, start over again, that three hundred four hundred thousand mark. Somebody at a higher level is going to look at that and be like, that's the corner. You've lost it all when you're down at 300, 400,000 and all you got is a house in L.A., Mm -hmm. right? So what do you think would transcend or goes beyond being caught up on levels? Because it's really a point of view. It's because I can tell you right now there's uh, there. I'll put it into terms like this. There's a difference between you owning the house and the house owning you. There's a difference between Mm. you understanding money and money owning you. Right. Um, There's a difference in understanding what your purpose on this planet here is for and what you're here for. Yeah. And getting consumed with, I'm here to make a bunch of money. Right. And, And so... When those things get become to get in line, and you and I become exposed to the truth, um, everything changes. I mean, I I thought. Listen, I, let me let me let me say this to you guys too. I came from nothing and had no money. I was un, I heard people say before, money doesn't solve all your problems. Money ain't gonna make you happy. Right. Yeah, but it might pay some bills, but it's not going to relieve you of the troubles of life. Right. I didn't believe that. No, I mean, I agree with you. I did not believe it. I was like, you know what? Well, let me fucking get the money and let me figure that out myself. Right. I'd rather- I really believed that money was going to solve. I, I, and I'm telling you, I'm a 30-year-old man at this point in time believing this. And so the money comes, the money comes, the money comes. And a lot of other things come. And I remember sitting on the edge of my bed, and this is six months before I relapsed. And I've got 
five pairs of every tennis shoe, three pairs of every sunglasses. I'm engaged to the penthouse pet of the year. I'm in my community. Bought my second pad. I've got the car. That more, I, you know, I just had everything I could want physically, all the shit. And I sat there, and I had a hole inside of me, bro, that I couldn't fill with anything. Right. I found myself with this hole that I've had since I was a little kid, and I knew right then that I was in trouble. Sean, when you hear that, what comes up for you? What are you sensing, or what do you feel? Um, I mean, I think it's like it stems from childhood. There's something, like he said, like a something in his childhood, a hole in his something that he he's still he's still that kid. He still hasn't faced some of the things that he needs to deal with from his childhood. Right. I mean, I listen to that, and I can identify wholeheartedly with. Yeah, you, you say money doesn't solve everything, but that sounds like a rich person telling a poor yeah, person, like, don't I mean, worry about the money. It's right. not going to fix it all. I mean, there's a lot of people out there where literally, you know, 99% of their problems could be fixed with money. But so, but then, so saying that shit is just, it's, it it's irks like, me. It irks, irks me. It irks you. Oh, yeah. It, it irks, irks me big you. time, yeah. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Don't worry about the money, poor guy. Yeah. Don't worry. I have all of it, and I can tell you from experience, it doesn't solve everything. Yeah. <laughs> I need to tell you guys that at the basis of everything you're asking me, Chumahan, yeah. it goes back to the book. Right. The addiction and all of it is all fear-based, and I'll tell you why. Go ahead. You give me all this success. Money, the house, right? Now yeah. you're saying, well, what happens? You got all this stuff. Yeah. And don't you really want to fuck it up? No, bro. What I've come to understand was underneath it all was the fear of losing it now. You give me everything and somewhere the notion, because my experience has been, it's going to go up and then the other shoe's going to drop. So I'm riding high and suddenly the idea of fear comes into me that I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose her. I'm going to lose the job. Right. I'm going to lose the money. I'm going to lose everything I've got. Right. Now I'm operating not from a place of faith where I was that got me there. Right. Now I'm operating from a place of fear. Right. And that's a different dynamic, bro. Totally. Once I'm operating from fear and I've got to control everything to hold on to it, that's when all my accolades and all the good stuff started to become weights. And stressful and over. Does that under, does that that make sense makes to you? total sense? Okay. Yeah. So, but what that tells me, okay, and this isn't an idea that I came up with. I heard this from somebody. If you get to that place where you fear of lo- if your car is anything more for you than getting from point A to point B or the house that whatever, then and it's about esteem, what will they think or how will I look if I lose what this thing has been given to me or all that kind of stuff? At that point, that's a wounded person. That person is not whole. 
A whole person absolutely is going to be able to understand that life is ups and downs. But I wasn't a whole person sure. when all this started coming in. Sure. I wasn't yet. Sure. I wasn't a person who had spent time working on themselves, really. Right. Exercise certain things over and over. How right. about just getting up and living by myself and not getting loaded? I hadn't even done that for long. Right. Before I started having a lot of money and freedom and calling my own shots and buying homes. And right. I didn't have any practice in it. That's why I say that it was not, yes, I worked hard to get there. But in a lot of senses, too, it was kind of like scratching a lottery ticket. Right. It came really fast and a lot. But you know, he talks about in the book where he says, you know, um, I forget how he puts it, but talking about fear and losing, like as soon as you finally say to that person that you've been seeing and you're falling in love and you know, and you finally it comes out of your mouth and you say to them, I love you. As soon as it comes, no sooner as it come out of your mouth, your first thought is, well, are they going to say it back to me? Right. Think about that. Right. The first thing you do is you go into like fear mode of, well, and then if they do, then your next thought is, I better okay, not, I better not lose them. Right. I better, I better not, not mess way. it up. Dude, like, so it's like, it's this fear love thing, dude. It's like this fear faith. He calls it fear and love. That's all. But fear and faith. The way I got to all those things was I was living in a place of faith and abundance. Right. Just go, man. It's all good. There's more you can do. But once I got there, I started looking around and fear kicked in. Right. And now I'm trying to hold on to it. And when something slips or or she ain't acting right, I'm thinking it's falling apart. I got to do this. I'm going to go right there. That, and that bro, would create I, an overwhelming feeling. And it was, bro. I was trying to control everything in my life so right. that I wouldn't lose this. If I would have just let go of the fear, bro, and just been like, it's all right, man. I probably would have been fine. Right. And everything that I thought was the last end all be all, and I destroyed it all because I thought it was. <laughs> yeah. Once I got sober and got it together, what was waiting for me? Another opportunity. Right. And I think to myself, what if I would have just stayed in the pocket? What if I would have just stayed in the pocket? Not run away and burn it down like it's the last thing. I believe God gives you one chance and one shot and that's it. You fucked that up. Well, that was it. Now you're in the poor house the rest of your life. That's what I thought. I think a lot of people think like that. I, I, and that's me believing that there's a punishing God. That's me believing that God's delving out different shit depending on how I behave. Think right. about that. Right. Oh, I did wrong and I used. So now God... That's a lie, dude, that this book talks about, man. Right. Either he is everything and abundance and love or he's not. Right. And just because you decide self-will to go down this path doesn't mean God did anything to you. Right. He let you create whatever it is you want to create. Yeah, but do you understand how pervasive the culture is, the idea that if I do right, God's going to reward me? That is so pervasive that even atheists yes. Yes. who don't believe in God still think that if they do the right thing, they're going to get a reward. Right. And he talks about right and wrong. Right and wrong is only to, for what you determine is right and wrong, right? Exactly. And so there's some sketchy parts in this book that might seem sketchy. It's like, if you want to go kill, then, then do that. That's mm -hmm. what you want to do. Mm -hmm. 
Who's to say it's right or wrong? Well, so see, think about that shit. And, and like when I look at that, yeah, that might politically not sound right. But there's no, a no, lot no. to it that it resonates is, with me, man. Listen, <coughs> not everything we've decided as a culture that's right or wrong is quote unquote ultimately in the internal sense right and wrong. Right. And there are times when killing a person is maybe a better thing to do than to let that person go doing whatever it is that they do. But what you just laid your hand on and what this book speaks to me mostly about is when you say to some of those parts, this might be sketchy because, you know, what's right and wrong. My personal intellectual life lives there. It lives in there. And it's very irritating to people. And I'm not always necessarily going to live the way that I might argue in certain areas, but I am trying to flesh out inconsistencies. I am trying to shine lights on things that don't go together or questions that are legitimate. And sometimes they, they almost always seem to rankle everything, including my own desire sometimes. But for whatever reason... I don't know why I live there, but I live there. That's where I live, and I and I and and in in. To me, it is it is almost like second nature for me to question things. It doesn't mean that I don't like people or I'm not willing to go along in a in a situation where we got to mm-hmm. do it. But when we have time to sit back and truly examine some of the ideas, um, I do. And maybe it's because I I grew up on a reservation and I grew up seeing two kinds of worlds and seeing inconsistencies with even my own people, like so-called people, right? Like these great leaders and then they're drunks uh, when no one's looking. Or my dad who says, do what I say, not what I do. Mm-hmm. Or my Christian relatives who tried to tell me that, you know, you're going to hell if you don't accept Jesus into your right, heart. Right, 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 right. I had all that stuff going on around me, and, I, and and in me trying to make sense of it, it's not until maybe in my uh, until I be in, in introduced to Socrates in in my studies at some point that I find that there is a place in society for somebody who is going to constantly question and might not have an answer. Mm -hmm. That might not be the issue. Right. But just opening up. But be prepared because you're running right into the hot water and a lot of people might not like that and some people might not want you at the party because you're not going to be the one just chilling. Sure, But for me, I resonated with conversations with God from that standpoint. I I do believe, you can call it, I believe in God. And I even told old Blue Eyes in our private thing, like, what's one of the things that you are not doing or moving away from or running from? And for me, it's prayer. I'm running away from prayer. I don't know what it is, right? But when I pray... And I pray before I go into the gym in the morning in my car. Uh, I feel embarrassed. Mm. Like I feel ashamed. I feel sort of dumb or it's weird. And I think, and for me, it is maybe because I've just been talking about putting my hands together and internally attempting 
with all my might to pray with like every fiber of my being as best I can to create a level of intensity internally mm. to connect or to you know call on the creator or whatever it is it's not indian it's not christian mm -hmm. it's none of those things right and at the same time i always get a hitch right before i do it like someone's gonna look in here and see some fucking idiot with his hand or who hmm. do you think you are to do that or think that that's for you that that always that always really comes, it really truly always comes up everything and i have to move past it and it encourages me to to ignore it mm. and so for me uh prayer is something that i've i'm not str I, i've struggled with mm -hmm. right and uh yeah 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 you can tell him to hold on and sit over there okay that's neat that's Nate No Face. Yeah, thanks, big people. So what do you? Um, what, what do you? So I resonate with what it's saying there, and I I definitely resonate with what his talk about prayer oh. about. Like it's not about begging God for shit. No, right, right. My my, I always had issues with prayer too. I never felt comfortable. I always, I just had issues, many different issues surrounding some of what you said, yeah. all of what you said at points in times. Right. Uh, me not feeling genuine in different ways right. maybe the practice itself not seeming genuine right um but my prayers have changed completely my prayers are i don't pray for anybody I, look we have lion coming on. i don't pray for lion right i say thank you for bringing lion into my life right you know thank you for him uh, my prayers are simply thank you there, it's thank you for my life. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my grandson. Thank you for my kids. Thank you for my parents, my grandparents. Thank you for a roof over my. I have just thank yous. I don't pray for anything anymore. You know what? I, I've stopped, bro. I got to tell you, I'm talking about months and months. I've never, even when things weren't going good, I've not gone. God, please. I don't pray that. That's to me. That's wishing, dude. Right. It's simply, and that's why none of that seem shit seemed right to me so so my prayers generally are gratitude but it's also about changing my energy i'm trying to connect to get so that i'm not working from fear all day i'm trying to get the warrior spirit in the morning so you're asking your creator for that i'm not to even, help you with that or I, no, I'm putting my hands together and trying to connect with the, uh, a more powerful force to invigorate me, to give me, like, uh, to tap into it so that I go through the day not hesitating, not procrastinating, right. not scared. Well, it's working. Faith. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to connect. But you to got it because you get it done. But you get the motherfucker done every day. And <laughs> your ancestries and your lineage and you and listen, bro, you're an Indian. Yeah. And it was about prayer and talking to God and warrior and provide us this like that's part of your whole thing, bro. Yeah. So for you to try and deny that would be wouldn't be real. That is part of you. I didn't have that. That isn't part of my culture. So What's resonating with me in this book is like, I don't, for me, 
for me, not for Chumahan, for yeah, me. Right, right. If I begin to start asking God to do these things for me, that's that's never worked for me. That doesn't work. He already gave me everything I need to do anything I want. Right. I, I already know this, bro. Like I know I have all of it. He he gave when I was born, he provided me everything and every ability to do anything. So my prayers are simply just thank you. I'm like, like I said, thank you for for my kids and my grandson. Thank you for purpose and this. My thank you for my health and my freedom. And just thank yous. The other stuff I want is gonna take is is gonna take me doing it because I have it all already. I have everything I need to make it happen. But we might also be talking about the exact same thing. Right. We're using and it's all happening the same way. Right. You're just channeling a different way to get there and I'm channeling a different way. Maybe right. that's just it. But if I grew up and like and that's what I was exposed to, I'd be like, dude, I'm getting the warrior spirit. I'm tied to the what sun I'm god. I'm fucking this is and what served my people and this is how we were strong as a tribe. Well, well I so, want a piece of that. So I so it, the confusing part for me was I was raised on the reservation, so I was hearing Indians who had already lost the war try to retell me what they thought the thing was. Now, these are post-colonial Indians. Right. So they're right. also part of the larger system, and they are also sort of like romanticizing in a little bit, and was it accurate? And I tried that stuff for a minute because I wanted it to be like that, and it's not that. I had to go past it and say, forget all that shit. All right. It's the same. If, I, if I'm going to laugh at Christians, I'm going to have to laugh at everyone else, too. Right. right. So I got to go past that. But what was the thing? And for me, it is I know that when I'm operating not in fear. Mm -hmm. Right. Then I'm at 120 percent. I got I, I just got where we're going with this, bro. All right. You ready? Yes. In all reality, bro, the idea that God is something that I'm talking to outside of me right. no longer exists, bro. Right. I'm not. I am God. Right. And I hate to say it like that. I don't really hate to say it. I can only speak with you. I am God. I am God. I'm a piece of God. I am God. bro. Right. I'm not reaching out. So my thank yous are really just like the thank yous to the creator. Right. But I'm a piece of creator. I'm God. Right. There's nothing. He says it through all the books, whether it be the Bible or, or you know, Abba Gita. You know, like it says as you can do as I, you too can do. Right. We're, we're the same, man. It's because I'm coming from the same source. I'm part of it. So this idea of me having to do something to get a deal with you to give me something. Right. I have to do this thing or I have to operate right. or, or I didn't do that. So now you're like that doesn't exist in my world. Right. That's been removed. Right. So all I've got is thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Um, and, and this book has really helped me get there with that man and understanding who I really am and where I come from and what, what I am in regards to this planet and, and you and me. And I feel like we're all, 
I know that we're all attached. I know that we're all the same thing. Right. Like, we're not really separate, bro. Right. We're all part we're all God with this this whole thing. So that's changed me having this thing outside of me that I'm dealing with and I'm now dealing with inside of me that I'm part of this whole bigger thing. And that's changed the dynamics, dude. And to me there's not this punishing God, this deal making God. I I I don't. And it's on me. And you know what, bro? Mm. This book in a way Let me tell you something, man. I love my mom. I gave my mom this book. And it's way out because I asked her, please read this book. Right, Chumon? Yep. She put the bookmarker in one place of it about... What just happened? I don't know. Uh, It's God, bro. Odd or God? Your XLR came out, bro. The XLR. Um, She put the bookmark in one place? In one place, you know, not too far into the book. And didn't read it anymore. And and the reason, and I understand it, bro, and I understand some people, this book puts the whole thing in your hands. Right, you can't turn it over. Like, you're not giving you it over to some you other... You can't point no more fingers, bro. Nah. Pretty early on this book, it's yeah. like, yeah. it's on you. It's always been on you. There's nobody after you. Right. There's never been anybody after right. you. You're no victim. It's on you. Nobody. A, a lot of people can't function like that. No, bro. And yeah. I understand that, you know, and I and I get that. So um, I'm better off with it being on me. Me too. Same here. Yeah. So um, you know, man, I, I I'm really really glad that we got to I jump into it. I should have just bought you the book. I didn't. I, I got it. Up. I know you do now. No, but, but we we're, were talking connected. about forever. Since I bought it, you bought it. Yeah, and so I don't <laughs> know, man. Conversations with God right. by Neil Walsh, man. It's 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 just the most fabulous book. It, it really is my Bible in sense. Give it a read, man. I think uh, you guys would get a lot out of it. Um, you can buy it on on all platforms, right? I'm, they got I'm, an audible version <laughs> for all y'all that are just driving, want to hear something. And listen, uh. if this fucking whole podcast was uh, all because I got to share that book with you, then it was all worth it. But I'm really happy that I got to like share something so important and has helped me in my life so much that I got to share it with the listeners. So right, that's where I'm at with it. Um, I gave it to yeah. Old Blue Eyes, and this is what he said. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> Word up. Listen, um, <laughs> listen. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations, guys. Check out that book. Um, yeah. Oh shit. Let me just tell you guys. www.supermaxhardware.com. We just dropped some tank tops. Shit's cracking for summer. Yeah. Summer capsule. Yeah. Great. Great yep. caps and new tank tops. Check it out. Yeah. Go support the homies. Yeah. Um, Cookies SF, Vibes mm. Papers. You know what to do. Yep. Word. Um, Enzo's Pizzeria. You Thank know. you for uh, catering today. Right. Great salads and yeah. meatball sandwiches and, and all that bomb, stuff. Dude. This vegan sub is yeah. amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, pulpo, beard oil. Beard hey, oil. Shout out to Calco and yep. the Pulpo family. Official okay. beard oil of the Amish. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, Instagram Jesus. Yes. Instagram Jesus. Yes. Big He's, shout out. Happy birthday, right? Yep. Happy birthday to Instagram Jesus. He's doing an Instagram Bible coming down pretty soon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. He's got some disciples, Instagram disciples. Esteban Oreo, the Soul Assassins. Um, big shout out, bro. Yeah. Uh, big shout out to Burner. 
the whole team up at Cookies. Right. Alter. Um, what else we got? Just Big Pig Mike. Just shout out Mike Angelo. Oh, he said Big Big Mike. Shout just, out to uh, myself. Just a uh, big shout out to me. Three hours of sleep, but we're all good. And just shout yeah. out to Bionic Sound Systems. Bionic Sounds. Thank you. Yeah. Shout out to him. We're servicing LA and Vegas. Um, hit us up. You need anything? We got you on your audio uh, business. That's all we got. DJs at home. Bionic. Ovando Bowen LLP. Why don't you get a goddamn attorney that prays for the warrior spirit every yeah. morning? You yes. want to fucking Damn, win? Yeah. You want to yeah. win in court? Get one with braids. Ovando Bowen LLP. We wear braids to court. Yeah. Sean at movemental.media. You know what it is. Hey, you know what it is. You know what it is. You know what it is. You know what it is, Yeah, you know what it is. Good show. Book review. We got another book review coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Chumahan's going to do the next one. Yes. And uh, we got Book review. Book review uh, on, well, I'll keep it a secret. Yeah. Baruch, not on the secret. No, forget the secret. Are you good? You're good. This is my right. favorite one, dude. I love that one. Hey, uh, like we do about this time, adios amigos from the Hard Luck Show. You don't want balls. I want balls. You don't want balls. I want balls. You don't want balls. I want balls. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.